Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Welcome into another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining. As you heard, this is Jake, this is Josh, and we are going clubbing. Not the fun kind of club that all you guys are used to down there in South Florida. This is about the book club. If you haven't heard already, what we do is we do a deep dive of some of Miami's biggest, most important, crucial players for the season. We go, we study, we do our homework, and we come back and we discuss. So welcome into our book club. This is going to be chapter two. Chapter one's all about Jalen Ramsey. That was released, I believe, last week. So go check that out. We're hoping to maybe do six of these or so. But before I get ahead of myself, Joshua Houts, welcome in. Classes in session. How you doing today? I'm doing good, Jake. I know you saw the Madden ratings are dropping like flies, so everybody's upset about those, up in arms about that. And uh, tomorrow, I think rookies finally report to training camp. So we're getting closer to football, man. And I do think it's kind of funny and not at all planned, but we did uh, Jalen Ramsey for our first book club. Now we're doing Jalen Waddle. So um, maybe we'll do Jalen Phillips next and just cross all three of the Jalens off the list. But I'm happy to be able to come on here and talk Dolphins football, as I always say with you, man. How have you been? I'm good. I want to ask you, Josh, you know, I I know you haven't – you haven't needed to use one of these in a while, but I want to get your thoughts on being an adult and using a book bag. Are, are you against it? Are, are you an anti? Like, like if you're just going out, maybe even to work, do you use a book bag or would you be like a, a, a suitcase type of guy? Yeah, I'm all for the book bag. I, I actually have a, um, what is it? A spray ground or something like that. It was a Jarvis Landry book bag that they gave me for writing an article in the Finsider that I actually, it's my diaper bag. So I love carrying that thing around with me. So I'm a book bag guy all the way. So I had a, I, I went out on the lake last weekend and having that book bag, that book bag, um, especially going through college is for one thing, that book bag is created for alcohol. So I got over that weekend and I still had like seven Bud Light Limes in there and I didn't want to empty out my book bag to bring it to work because I've reached that point where that just seems a little depressing. So I started it, I bought a suitcase and Josh, I got to ask you this too. If you were a suitcase guy, would you carry it by the strap or would you have it over the shoulder? I was gonna say last time I had one, I think I dr- I had like the, it was on wheels, and I was one of those guys. So that, <laughs> that's probably even worse than those. But I'm good with you carrying it on your back. Is that what you were gonna say you did? Because yeah, I definitely wheeled that thing around. Def- definitely a strap guy, but I gotta say I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it. It's it's kind of feels like I don't know like um wearing like a satchel or something. It just feels so unnecessary for my everyday life when I have like two things in there. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. That's that's basically my rant before uh, the show, Josh, but let's get into it. You mentioned Jarvis Landry, who hit the ground running with the Miami Dolphins, Josh. He, a former second round pick, became such a volume wide receiver. And it seemed like, strangely enough, in 2021, the Dolphins found Jarvis Landry 2.0, this time in a uh, first round pick though, but Jalen Waddell, comes in, he sets the rookie record with 104 receptions in the season. And Josh, I think that's the perfect picture to paint to get this conversation going about the Miami Dolphins specifically. Uh, Jalen Waddle, Josh, what were the Dolphins getting? What was the idea around Jalen Waddle? We saw the Dolphins bounced around that, uh, that early portion of the draft a lot until they settled at that sixth spot. Why did they want that sixth spot? And why was it Jalen uh, Waddle? Yeah, I mean, I, you can kind of tell, right, with the speed. Like, at the time, I was all about Devontae Smith. I planted my flag on him. I believe it was in January. We know that they could have ended up getting Jamar Chase if they stayed put. But I think it had a lot to do with not only his 
elite speed and what he can do with the ball in his hands, game changer, you know, all that great stuff. But his um, chemistry with Tua Tungvaloa, right? I mean, I'm sure they asked Tua Tungvaloa about uh, Jalen Waddle before they drafted him. So that entire thing, I mean, I, at the time I was like, okay, they could have stayed put, you know, and drafted Devontae Smith instead of trading up, or they could have stayed put and drafted Jamar Chase. But when you look at what Jalen Waddle brings to the table, I mean, you can see what the Dolphins had in mind. And we talked about Jarvis Landry and how that was kind of the vision, at least in 2021, that was the wrong way to go about things, right? We talked about before in the way that they almost put Jalen Waddle in a box and that's just not what you want to do. So um, his jump from 2021 to 2022 was huge. And you can see why the Dolphins targeted him at six. It's funny. They did, but, but you kind of, you, you, you slipped up there, but it is kind of red and they put him in a Jarvis Landry box. That is the perfect way to describe it because uh, what we saw out of the Dolphins in 2021, especially with Waddle, is he had great hands. Waddle was catching everything that came his way, but the issue was the offense as a whole. It had no type of separation. All these were contested catches. And, you know, one of the games I looked at, Josh, was um, the Carolina Panthers game from two years ago. And Tua started 27, I think he actually finished 27 for 31, and he only had like 230 yards. This is someone who just led the NFL in yards per pass attempt. He had 27 completions, four incompletions for 230 yards. That just kind of goes to show how bananas that 2021 offense was. I have some more on that. We will get to eventually. But Josh, I got to ask you, I went through, I looked at some old, you know, um, um, draft files, draft comparisons. Do you know who uh, Lance Zerline compared Jalen Waddle to? I don't. Take one guess. Um... I, I I was I was hoping you weren't gonna say is it Darius Hayward Bay or something like that. The, the speed hill. Oh, there we go. Inject so, that into our veins. Look at you! Look at you! Instantly going as negative. That, that's that's the um, that's the Isaiah Ford's rubbing off on you right there. But basically, what made Jalen Waddle so appealing early in the draft, despite an injury, which is why I think uh, there was there wasn't a lot of talk around him leading up to the draft. They thought he might fall a little bit because of a, a injury. That wasn't the case. Uh, he was described as having cheat code speed, Josh, 11 50-plus play touchdowns, 11 of them throughout his career. And the key, the big thing that was happening here is he can alter coverage with his speed. The downside for the uh, former first team all sec pro is occasionally body catches and so josh as you start to digest that the cheat code of 11 50 plus yard touchdowns and the idea of this is someone who had success playing with throughout his time six first round pick wide receivers josh what did you see at alabama because i even went and watched some of that that tape and man he could do everything at the college level obviously the competition isn't always the same but what you saw is a very comfortable receiver who had no issue at that second and third level yeah absolutely and i think you know i was sitting here saying i was a Devonte smith guy Devonte smith doesn't do what he did in college without Jalen waddle taking the tops off defense and doing things like that so um you mentioned the game changing speed being able to do make dynamic plays i mean that's what you saw when you watch the tape. And it's just so funny that, uh, you know, they're comparing him to Tyree Kill because it really is the Spider-Man meme at this point. I mean, you're sitting there and you don't know which one to cover, right? He's just a younger version of Tyree Kill. You could argue he's faster than Tyree Kill. And um, even at college, a lot of the things they allowed him to do was re uh, 
make an impact on special teams, right? In the return game and things like that, which we've yet to see him do in the NFL game. And I mean, for rightfully so, let's protect him as much as we can. But um, you could definitely see that he was a game changer. And um, you also pointed out the body catches. I mean, that's still something that Dolphin fans, you know, myself included, you know, can frown upon at times and wish that he would go up there and get use his hands a little bit more. But overall, I mean, why the Dolphins drafted Jalen Waddle, you can see it all over the tape, you know, whether it be his rookie year, whether it be in college or last season when he truly took off in Mike McDaniel's offense. Yeah, and that's kind of, I won't say crazy because I think everybody expected Jalen Waddle to be a top receiver, but just the difference one year can make looking at it 2021, George Godsey, Eric Studsville, Charlie Fry, um, I don't know, havoc in the kitchen is one way to call it. But Josh, I watched week 12 against the Carolina Panthers in 2021. It seems like that offense, and I think this is what Mike McDaniel saw, because if we think back, one of the things that Mike McDaniel said during one of his first press conferences, he was speaking about how he woke up, what was it, three in the morning to call the PR person, uh, Ann Noland, I think it was, um, and, and Chris Greer basically called them both and was just talking about how Tua is the guy, the timing, just everything he does makes the offense so successful. So Josh, I mentioned it, his ability to connect on 27 of 32 passes, 31, excuse me, when there isn't a lot of separation. But when you think back to that 2021 season, what did you see out of Waddle and, and was there anything that left to be desired? Yeah, again, I think a lot of it had to do with just the way they coached him and, you know, some of those routes. He was pretty much put in a 10-yard box, like we said before. I mean, I've written down his dot was 7.1 yards, and last season it was 11.8. So just based off that alone, I mean, you can tell the average depth of target just ballooned. Um, and the one thing I really wanted to see was more yak, which is something that even last season, you know, he truly left a little bit on the table and didn't really unleash that part of his game. So when you look at that offense in 2021, it was so bizarre, man. I mean, I think Gross. there are rumors that even Brian Flores at one point was calling plays. And when you see opposite of him, he had what? Isaiah Ford, Devontae Parker. Um, you know, I love Lynn Bowden Jr., but that receiving core was not very good at the time. So everyone's keying in on Jalen Waddle, and then the coaching staff's not really allowing you to do what you do best. That's pretty much what I saw his rookie season. It's just so crazy, though, because even still, 104 catches on 140 targets for 1,015 yards, six touchdowns, and again, he broke Anquan Bolden's uh, rookie record. So we sit here and say that he could have done a little bit more. They could have unleashed him a little more, but he was still targeted like crazy, but it did seem more like he was a Jarvis Landry in year one than maybe the Tyree Kill that we're starting to see now. That's a great way to put it. There was such a huge transformation. And watching that Panthers game, uh, in the first half, he had five receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. And it was so confusing to look at those numbers. They were obviously peppering him with targets there. Uh, but his biggest play was a 40-yard catch and run. And Josh, every time I watch Waddle, and it kind of goes with Tua, and, and you really see what the Dolphins were trying to accomplish by having both these guys. It's rhythm. It's timing. And when you see Jalen Waddle to go up and grab a football, it's insane how it seems like everything is going in one direction. It all seems like one uh, train of thought. He's just completing one sentence where he's running over the middle of the field. He can leap through the air, continue to keep his balance, land, and he's already off and running. And with his speed, he's just impossible to catch. The fact we could still see that with no separation and a very bad offense is what really stuck out to me. You saw what was possible with these guys, but you also saw what was holding them back. Josh, Miles Gaskin scored two, two wildcat touchdowns in this game. If that doesn't tell you enough about how bad this coaching was, Josh, on the first Miles Gaskin wildcat touchdown, 
there was a wide receiver running in motion in the backfield to try to fool the opposing defense. Can you guess which wide receiver was in the backfield in the Wildcat offense with Miles Gaskin? I mean, I want to say Jalen Waddle, but I feel like that's not the answer, right? Um, nope. Can, Dev- don't say Devontae Parker. It wasn't Parker. You're getting right? real close. Who <laughs> was it? Preston Williams. This team was using Preston Williams out of the backfield with Miles Gaskin to try to fool people. And that's just not going to work, right? That's just not how the NFL works, dude. That absolutely blew my mind. And, you know, you can go back. And one of the things we loved about the 2022 Miami Dolphins offense, Josh, is the amount of motion they used, right? All the disguising they did. The Dolphins in 2021 also had a lot of motion. They were moving around a waddle a lot. I just mentioned it, Preston Williams going in motion. It's just it seemed like the motion was happening just to happen. It's like you hear a buzzword and you say that buzzword. There was no meaning behind this passing attack, especially the way they used motion. So seeing that and seeing like this fake window dressing compared to what the Dolphins are operating with in 2022 is what really, really stuck out to me, man. When you go and watch these offenses and you try to wonder what makes a good offensive play caller, it's understanding, it's knowing how these defenses are going to think and how they're going to react to different situations. Because, man, what would your reaction be if you just see Preston Williams going in motion? Because if I was a middle linebacker, if I was any type of linebacker, I don't think there's any situation where I'd see that big old number 18, you know, trucking across the field and think, huh, maybe Miles Gaskin is going to throw the ball to Preston Williams. That kind of makes sense. If I saw Preston Williams coming in the backfield, man, I don't think that would strike fear in anybody, right? I mean, so that'd be my first thing. Why is Preston Williams that guy when you have Jalen Waddle, even Lim Bowden Jr.? I mean, I can sit here and you can make a case for him coming in motion or, you know, being in the backfield with Miles Gaskin. But um, that does say a lot about how bad the Dolphins team was that they were relying on Miles Gaskin Wildcat to score touchdowns back in 2021. Josh, you recently just posted a video of every Jalen Waddle touchdown from last year, and you have the same thing from Tyreek Hill. Um, that's on the YouTube account, Take It to the House. I'm pretty sure that's what it is, so please go hit the subscribe button on that. But Josh, can you tell me a little bit what you see when that ball is in the air? Because I want to go back and talk a little bit more about how it just seems like it's one uh, thought with Jalen Waddle. You know, sprinting, going up, catching the ball maybe doing a 180 to face the other way of the field. And it just seems like there's never any stumbling. There's never any tripping. But then when you watch a play where Mike Kosicki might get the ball on an out route, you know, it seems like he has to pause. It seems like there's a couple sentences. It's where he catches the ball, stop, and then turn around and then start moving. Those split second decisions in the NFL, it changes everything. And just to see Jalen Waddle do everything so smooth where there isn't any bobble, that stuff is so important. So I'd love to get your thought on what you see at a Waddle and how that um, crisp ability to catch the football and keep moving is one of the biggest reasons why he's a special wide receiver. Yeah, he's so fluid in his motion. I mean, he is a cheat code, just like you mentioned earlier. And we all see those videos going around, right, of his route running. He's working on it this offseason. You know, he's out there barking. And, you know, I, I'm sitting here watching these videos from my computer, and I feel like my ACL is getting ready to just snap in half. But, I mean, he's a great route runner. He's always seems to be open at times. I mean, I don't know if it's Mike McDaniel's scheme, whether or not it's the way the defenses are playing him. I mean, whether it's man coverage, zone coverage, he's always finding that opening in the defense. And then, like you mentioned, that ball, as soon as he catches it, he just does not lose a step it almost seems like he speeds up a little bit right like he gets a like he just landed on a sonic's blue shoe and just got that speed burst and just takes off and outruns a defense so 
you mentioned him being a cheat code. That was one of, uh, you know, with scouting report. And that's really what it is. I mean, every time that ball's in his hand, big things can happen. And he just does not lose a step whatsoever. I guess the biggest thing that I would still go back to is would rather not see him catch so many balls with his body. But even going up there and high pointing the football, there are times we'll talk about it in some of my notes. I mean, that Baltimore game continues to stand out. Uh, game on the line. I mean, he went up there and he plucked that thing out of thin air. So he can do everything. And the fact that he's built the way he is, came into camp, I think, this year of 20. 15 or 20 pounds, I think he was trying to work on getting heavier muscle. He said, you know, you can see how much I gained this all season when I truck over someone. So if he can add that element and keep that speed, I mean, good God, man, this guy, I mean, he's already a top 10 wide receiver in my opinion. And you, um, yeah, maybe man doesn't think so, but he's definitely top 10, right, Jake? He's really has that opportunity this year. And I think the only reason he isn't a, a top 10 Madden receiver now is because of how bad that offense was in 2021. You wouldn't believe how often there'd be two guys lined up on the left side of the field. All of a sudden, Jalen Waddle might be the guy all the way outside. And inside in the slot is Devontae Parker. And Parker's so big that he's that Waddle's just running in his shadow. There's two guys taking up the same space, and that's just making life so much easier for the defense. What we see at a while, though, and I think this is kind of the big thing, is we can see these two years, and I think more change about the offense than Waddle because what you see, again, I just go back to him, man. No wasted steps. He's such a great slasher once he gets the ball in his hands. And Tua in December, I think this was right before the Packers game, this is what he had to say about Jalen Waddle. Um, with a year of growth in the NFL, he basically said he's improved a lot and understand the game better with his splits, where, to, where he wants to be what he knows to get him open in certain areas of the field with coverages we studied against these teams. Basically, Josh, what the Dolphins offense operated with this year was understanding what the guy was doing in front of him, how that defensive back, how that cornerback was going to approach trying to slow down Jalen Waddle. You're not going to stop him and contain him, but instead you're just going to try to make the play take as long as possible. And Waddle is just trying to make the play go as fast as possible. So, what we see here is that Tyreek Hill like speed, but I do think there is some little differences there and, and I can't wait to get into those. Uh, but just for a little bit of context, Waddle had four receptions of at least 30 yards as of Christmas last season in 2021 Four. this is a dude who just led the NFL in yards per catch. And he had four receptions for a total of 30 yards or more last season. So Josh, I want to get some final thoughts from you on how we saw Jalen Waddle at the end of 2021 and what we are expecting moving forward. Uh, you can consider that 9.5 yards per catch. You can consider the offense as a whole. Uh, what did you feel about Jalen Waddle at the end of the 2021 season? Overall, I mean, again, you could see what type of player he could be. You just hope that the coaching staff would figure out a way to unleash him. I mean, um, in that receiving core with all those other bodies, you know, you definitely saw that Jalen Waddle was, you know, the bell of the ball and that player that can be an explosive game changer, like we mentioned, our Tyree Kill. So um, I guess that was my biggest takeaway was you just led the league in uh, rookie receptions, just broke that record. But there was just so much left on the table that they could unleash. And Again, I keep talking about it, but Mike McDaniel coming in here, I still remember him on, a, I think it was Levitard's show. They asked him, like, what he's most excited about or who he's most excited about. And he was like, waddle, waddle. And obviously that was before they got Tyree Kill, but the fact that he was that excited to be able to be around a guy like Jalen Waddle, who he's absolutely gushed about since he came to Miami. I mean, that was probably the one thing that stood out to me was that Jalen Waddle could be a special player. He just needed the right coaching staff to bring that out of him. And obviously Mike McDaniel and company, they did just that because in 2022, man, his receptions dropped a little bit, but again, you mentioned he led the league in what 18.1 yards per catch. 
eight touchdowns. I mean, this guy is an explosive game changer that on any other team would probably be a wide receiver one. He just gets overlooked because opposite of him is, you know, his older doppelganger, Tyree Kill. McDaniel even said he is one of the his favorite players to be around. Talk about Jalen Waddle. He looks at Jalen as a salt of the earth throwback super athlete. I would love to have that as my LinkedIn description. Salt of the earth super throwback athlete. That is awesome. Let's take a quick little break. And on the other side, we will dive into what exactly that means. So stay tuned. We're turning our attention to the 2022 season. And I watched a couple of games here. I went with Detroit and I went with Houston. You can always go back and watch that Baltimore game. That third and 22 was bananas. How great he was and how this, there was a race early in the season. Is is Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle both going to be like top five fantasy wide receivers? Obviously the usage kind of dwindled down there a little bit. Um, but Josh, a couple things, just, just real surface level stand out to me. Jalen Waddle is someone who moves in motion a lot. Jalen Waddle is someone who can dominate against zone defense, something that the Dolphins played against God, I want to say 80% of snaps. Matt Harmon, uh, reception perception, said he beat zone defense 82% of the time, and it really boils down to the dig routes, the different times to cut. He was so impressive when it comes to understanding, knowing when to cut in front of a linebacker or when to work behind him. So to me, it just was year two was all mental. We saw, excuse me, yeah, year two for Waddle was all mental, and Mike McDaniel just kind of helped him take that next step and gave him those opportunities to show how much he knows. Yeah, and if you guys don't know who Matt Harmon is, check him out because that reception perception stuff it's that he so does cool. is just absolutely bonkers. I mean, um, I think you mentioned, what, 83 success rate on those dig routes and then 81.8% success rate against zone coverage. So, I mean, how do you guard a guy like this, right? I mean, if you're in zone coverage, he's going to find the opening, find the spot, two is going to find him. And if you're a man, he's probably just going to, you know, shake you out of your boots and get open anyway. So, um you talked a little bit about that Baltimore game. You won't touch on it too much because I talked about how awesome it was that he plucked that game winner out of thin air. But the other touchdown was on a screen pass. And I don't know if you saw it, Jake, but Liam Eikenberg like flattened the defender. And I just, um, I'm still a little bit baffled that that was actually Liam Eikenberg that did that. So um, I had to give him a shout out because it was a hell of a block. And um, again, it just goes to show you how versatile Jalen Waddell is. I mean, you mentioned him coming in motion. I mean, how do you cover a guy like that that has that type of speed coming across the formation? You're not going to be able to get your hands on him. You can do those things. He can be an asset in the screen game. Some of the games you watch, he's even lined up in the backfield. I mean, he's the perfect chess piece, and I know how cliche that is to say, but, I mean, I just love watching Jalen Waddle play. And to think that this was only, what, year two? I mean, dude, the sky is seriously the limit with this guy. Seeing Waddle in motion, I kind of go back to the basketball saying, if you're reaching, I'm teaching type thing. Because if you do try to get hands on him at the line of scrimmage, there's a very good chance that you're just going to be downright cooked trying to play that press defense. And man, Preston Williams in motion, Jalen Waddle in motion, right away, you kind of can see a huge difference here where uh, Preston Williams, all level athlete, NFL professional. Don't get me wrong. However, Moving in motion at the line of scrimmage, I'm pretty confident that another awesome athlete can just pop him at least once to derail play at least a little bit. Very different for someone like Jalen Waddle. So going back to this Detroit game, he caught eight of nine targets for 106 yards and two touchdowns. And my first note is Josh Boyer's defense gave up 24 points with nine minutes still left in the second quarter, but that is not why we're here. We're here to talk about the offense. So first two play of the game, Jalen Waddle went in motion. All of a sudden, the defense is stuck looking. Where's Waddle? Where's Waddle? Oh, by the way, Tyreek Hill is there too. His first target, Josh, came out of the backfield. 
that right there screams to me just the understanding of knowing where to put your guys and how to give them a situation to be open. Because on one side of the field, on the right side, it was Gasicki. It was Tyree Kill. The weight of the defense was all leaning to that side. And then you have Jalen Waddle in the backfield. The goal here is to isolate him against a linebacker. And you go to these dig routes. That's exactly what he did. He wheeled up the field a little bit, went to the 40-yard line, went right to the outside, created that separation. And this was on fourth and four. Boom, first down. The Dolphins didn't even have to think twice about these awkward situations. I mean, you can go back to you know, watching the Broncos panic and, and, and be scared with a minute left in the game, deciding to go for it on fourth and four. This is a situation where not only does McDaniel know how to use Waddle, but that confidence was just so impressive where he could just beat the linebacker. There's no if, ands, or buts. There was there was so much else happening in this play, but it all boiled down to Jalen Waddle. And I think that's what really makes him worth that first round pick just the confidence to know that if you have a quarterback that complete 27 of 31 passes who doesn't have any mistakes and I just mean like I'm not saying he's going to throw some balls to the wrong spots but I just mean like slip out of his hand fumbled snap all these little miscues that just add up over time to see him not have those that's why Jalen Waddle is the perfect companion because it just fits two guys that aren't going to make mistakes and if they both continue to do things the right way it's only a matter of time till you you know hit that pinata so many times till that candy's just everywhere yeah, and we're not going to talk about the New England game, but that game early in the year, I think it was uh, week one. I think it was a fourth yep. and seven, and they went for it. And, I mean, he had someone in his back pocket, and he still, to have put that ball exactly where he could, and, you know, you see Jalen Waddle kind of split three defenders like Moses part in the Red Sea. So it is just such a testament to how their chemistry is back and forth and how, you know, when they need a big play, Waddle's going to make the catch, two is going to make that throw. And to continue to watch them grow, I mean, it, it got to get you, you know, check your pulse if you're not fired up, right? Because um, we sat here and I said personally that Jalen Waddle could be a number one wide receiver on, you know, many teams in the NFL. But at the same time, the way that him and Tyreek Hill complement each other, I mean, oh, awesome. they open things up for one another that maybe some of those other teams, some of those other rosters wouldn't do. So it's just seriously the perfect fit, especially now with Tyreek Hill in here. And um, you're talking about the Detroit game, man. I'm sure you're going to talk about it. But that one play was just picture perfect i think waddle was in the slot right why don't you break that one down because i just envisioned that thing just hitting him in the hands just so perfectly so i think this is the play i'm thinking of i i called it the wall of waddle just because the way he jumped up and just kind of the ball stuck to him there was a defender on him and and that's kind of the idea we get right with number one wide receivers you think of uh not to be too cliche here but you don't even think of the body of Tyree Kill when you think of a number one wide receiver. You think of maybe an Andre Johnson, like an A.J. Brown, one of those big physical type of guys. That's where it gets a little weird when you see these things happening, when you see Tyree Kill sky in the air and make these catches. That's why these guys are number one wide receivers. They're downright freaks. So Waddle lined up in the slot. I think it was a post route over the middle. You're taking a safety with you. And just his ability to box out the safety. As Jalen Waddle, this isn't Mike Gesicki going downfield and fighting for those jump balls. The Dolphins were able to create that space for Waddle for him to go up and do it. And one other play, Josh, I want to bring up here, and I'd love for people to go watch, is early in the Detroit game, there was an opportunity where Waddle was lined up on the left side. He was sitting in the slot. So he's looking over his right shoulder, turned around, waiting for Tua to throw him the ball. Tua threw it to the outside, his left shoulder. To see Waddle just turning his head, turn his entire body 180, and by the time the ball is in his hands, knowing that he's turned around and ready to work upfield, I think he was tackled right then and there. But it goes back to what I was saying about no wasted steps. And more importantly, this was an opportunity. The defender was there. They made the tackle. But if the defender's a second late, Waddle's already looking downfield. And one quick shout-out to Mike McDaniel because, Josh, I think we've seen a lot of these plays before. But what we 
aren't talking about or considering enough is what's happening around the play. For instance, Preston Williams running in motion. For instance, all these plays, despite being over the middle, there's little chance that there's going to be someone right in front of them to absolutely clobber them the second they make the pass. I mean, you go back to the, the mid-2000s football, I think every Madden game when you're loading it up, all the highlights were guys getting absolutely clobbered over the middle. And all of a sudden, that kind of scared me about this Dolphins group. I'm not going to lie that, oh, no, if we're just going to go over the middle all the time, is it a land a field of landmines that everyone's going to just explode in? That wasn't the case. Mike McDaniel understood how to get those safeties, get those other cornerbacks out of the way where they had enough time to read and react instead of, hey, surprise, here's a shoulder. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about his offense, just how awesome it is and, you know, the spacing and things like that. So, yeah, you definitely got to give him a hat tip. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but Waddle had two touchdowns in that game, right? One, he was lined up on the right side, kind of ran a dig into the middle of the field. He was wide open in the back of the end zone, caught that one. And then Tyreek was in the backfield for that yeah. one. On the other side of the field, it completely pulled the lever. Sorry to interrupt you, but that, no. that just made me excited. Yeah, and then my favorite, again, was that one where he was in the slot, and I think there were two receivers to the left of him, and they kind of worked inside, and everyone bid on that, and you just have Waddle and one-on-one coverage, and Tua just put that ball so perfectly. So, I mean, that was a great game for you to point out, Jake. And just, again, it showed off a little bit of everything that uh, Jalen Waddle can do, and um, I, I don't know how defenses can game plan for it. I, I really don't. I have written down here for that second touchdown that I'm a writer, and the only thing I can say about that play is number 41 was absolutely cooked. Check on him. He was fried, deep fried, all of it. Absolutely torched. Man, that Detroit game, and like it's so tough because I want to watch that Buffalo game. The highlights, uh, Kevin Harlan's voice is just so incredible on it. But just looking at these under other games, it really helps in terms of the process and understanding what this offense is trying to do uh, week by week. But big picture, Josh, Jalen Waddle really truly understands how to attack that zone defense, how to find those open spots in the secondary. And you mentioned it 18 yards per catch best in the league. When you look at that and when you see what's different, where's the ceiling for Jalen Waddle? You know, Madden just came out and he's the 18th ranked wide receiver. He had eight touchdowns, led the league in yards per reception, uh, 1500 receiving yards. And he was in, the running for like a top two fantasy guy until Tua got hurt. So with that, where, where's the ceiling, especially on a team with someone like Tyree Kill? Yeah, well, that was going to be my cliche answer, right? I was going to say Tyree Kill. Can, can nice. I do that? You know, he's going to be, he could be a top three, top five wide receiver in football. I mean, I don't think that's too crazy to think. And we're talking about Madden ratings. He was rated, what, an 88 overall, I think. So mm-hmm. it's not terrible. But again, when you're, um, at least in my opinion, consensus top 10 wide receiver, if not higher. I mean, that thing should have been in the low 90s or mid 90s, but um, we're not talk- here to talk about Matt Rings. But yeah, I'll, I'll go that route. I'll say his, you know, the the ceiling could potentially be Tyree Kill. And again, I think there's some aspects to his game that he may do a little bit better than Tyree Kill. And, you know, you could probably say the same thing about Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. But yeah, man, that would be my ceiling. And um, I'm going to take the cliche answer. And what do you believe his ceiling is or who do you believe his ceiling is? I battle with this so much because I don't know if his volume will reach Tyreek. I think they're in a situation now, this offense, where Tyreek makes so much money, and it's weird that it boils down to this, but I don't see any world where he's not the biggest volume guy on this team. Um, So, I mean, for Waddle, I don't think it's about opportunities. It's just continuing to give him these chances to hit home runs. You know, you go back to those, what, 11 50-yard touchdowns in college, that's just by running by dudes. That's giving the ball in his hands and, and making a guy miss and then waddling all the way home. Uh, it goes back to his ability to slash. It goes back to his ability to understand and read defenses. Let me see here what I have else in my notes. And 
Two, Josh, I think what makes this offense very, very tough to beat is they make defenses beat them, right? If you're in that safe, you know, cover three shell, they'll run the same play five straight times in a row. They will not care. They will have Tyreek on the slant, uh, then Trent Sherfield the next play. They'll just keep punching you until you make some sort of adjustment. So that, to me, man, it goes back to the idea of maintaining this consistency, maintaining this usage. I do think there are enough levers in this offense where Waddle might not have as many targets or receptions, but I think there's a world, crazy world, I think he could even surpass um, Tyree Kill in yards, but it's going to come down to that yak if he can continue to make those guys miss in the secondary. And that's just going to be even harder to do considering that every year there's going to be defenses, um, defensive coordinators spending weeks, maybe months trying to slow down these two. Yeah, I mean, and I have written down for his yak, 2021, 439 yards after the catch, only broke four tackles. Last season, 510 yards after the catch, broke four tackles. So um, I do think there's some, you know, meat left on the bone there with the yards after the catch. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, I think these two guys are going to continue to push each other comes down to Tua, And I think with his chemistry with Jalen Waddle, there could be times where, you know, maybe he is that guy that they're targeting because someone's the defense is trying to take away Tyree kill. But um, either way, man, we are, um, we're, we have it very good right now with those two wide receivers compared to like we mentioned before the Marlon Moore's, the Julius Pruitt's, you know, Rashard Matt. Okay. Rashard Matthews was decent, but a six know, round pick. Absolutely. I'll, yeah. I'll, def- I'll die on that hill. But That's you know cool. what I mean? There were, we've yeah. had some uh, murky waters there at wide receiver and to see that we now have two elite guys that can do a little bit of everything. It's just awesome. I even listened to um, the, I am athlete podcast episode from April, 2022, where both Waddle and Jamar chase were on the show. Uh, Waddle, when he was asked about what he wanted to improve the most, he spoke about that yak, man. He said that 9.5 was my average average yards per reception. Um, As a freshman, he goes, I need to get some yak something. I know I have, I'm not going to talk too much. Just have to go out and show it. And that's exactly what he did. And Josh, this mentality, this attitude, I want to wrap it up with this. I think you saw it. Tyree Kill's podcast. He gave a special shout out to Wes Welker for his ability to push these guys and make them maintain the greatness that you need to have sustained success in this league. So just one shout out to Wes Welker and what he means to this team. I just know he likes to keep those guys hungry. And Josh, what are your thoughts just on how this coaching staff is put together and how it's like, meant for these players in some very weird stars aligning type of way. I mean, when we first heard about Mike McDaniel, you know, first time head coach, the first thing you wonder is, can he put together a staff? And as you know, we started to see these different guys come in, John Embry at the tight end coach, you know, and like you mentioned, Wes Welker, when he poached him from San Francisco, I mean, we were all giddy excited for him coming back. I mean, Patrick Sertan, Sam Madison, the different names from Dolphins years past. So I'm here for it, man. I love that Wes Welker's coaching these guys up, and I'm excited to see what he can do with a guy like Braxton Berrios. I know this isn't a Braxton Berrios podcast. You know, and Eric Ezukoma, who wasn't quite ready last season, I'm excited to see what he can get out of them. But the fact that he continues to help these guys develop, like a Tyree Kill, who you know is already the elite among the elite, Jalen Waddle, I mean, it's exciting times for the Miami Dolphins and you got to give credit to the coaching staff, which again, you got to give credit to Mike McDaniel for not only being that offensive mastermind. Remember that meme we had where it's like, thanks for changing my life. I'm just an outside the box thinker. (laughs) Um, And we got to thank him for being that because I don't think this offense would look the same despite, you know, yes, we have Jalen Wall. Yes, we have Tyree Kill. Yes, we have all these pieces, but if Mike McDaniel wasn't in charge of this offense, I mean, who knows what could come of it. So um, yeah, man, I'm stoked for Wes Welker in Miami. Last question, Josh. Any regrets? The Dolphins started at number three. They jumped back to 12, settled at six. You mentioned at the top, they had a chance to get Jamar Chase, 
Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, no matter what. Any regrets with Jalen Waddle? No. I mean, again, in hindsight, Howitz would have taken Devontae Smith wherever that may have been. Um, I don't even know if I thought Jamar Chase was an option. Sewell, I mean, the offensive tackle, that could have been a way to go. But I think in hindsight, I think the Dolphins made the right pick. And I think, again, we're both excited to see where his ceiling is because as of now, we still don't know, you know, where Jalen Waddle is going to end up when everything's said and done. Probably in the end zone. The two games that really stood out to me, I mentioned the Baltimore Ravens game. We won't jump back into that, but week 15 versus the Buffalo Bills, Tredavious White was covering uh, Jalen Waddle. Waddle caught three of seven targets for 114 yards and a touchdown. He had a slant route at the beginning of the game. I mean, those things are just cheat codes. I mean, I don't know how any of these DBs can even, you know, contend that. And then a big 30-yard completion, a little stop and go. White had no chance. Um, if the ball was better from two, it probably would have been a touchdown. But you, you could just see how explosive Jalen Waddle was off the line, how hard it was for these DBs to cover him. And then there was a deep post for a touchdown. Trips at the top of the screen. And then there's just too much confusion from the defense. Waddle runs right past uh, Tremaine Edmonds. And as soon as he clears him, you can just see, you know, daylight. Uh, I don't know if you remember that play, Jake, but as soon as Tua hits Jalen Waddle, I mean, he takes off and you can just see like 20 yards of separation between him and the defense. So um, you could tell how elite Jalen Waddle was in that game. And then the other game that really stood out to me was that Green Bay Packers game on Christmas. I mean, he had five or six catches for 143 yards and a touchdown. The biggest play of that game was that dig across the middle early in the game. Tyreek opened things up with a streak. And, you know, as soon as he catches it, Waddle, he just takes off, man. And it's just daylight I mean you know what play I'm talking about he just outruns everybody Tyreek Hill's downfield you know trying to clear the way you see uh Jer Alexander coming out of nowhere to try to make the tackle and he just completely whiffs in the open field so that's where he got that nickname destroyer of angles but I think it all goes back to Mike McDaniel's play calling and the fact that the entire there was a tight end coming in motion they faked the sweep and the entire defense kind of crashed down to that which allowed Jalen Waddle to come come across and he just had all the daylight so I won't go into too much of that game, but that to me was one of the biggest plays of the whole season. And just again, showed how explosive Jalen Waddle could be not only with the football in his hand, but, you know, before the, the catch making defenders miss in the open field, you know, shaking guys out of their boots and uh, with his route running, the guy can do everything, man. He's, he's a special, special player. And that's continuously what you see when you watch him on tape. You see these guys, and, and I think one of the big things this offense can accomplish is anchoring opposing defenses, just really putting them into positions where they have to make tough decisions. Josh, do you feel that same ability to anchor? Um, man, this is a hard way to word it, but without like a Tyree kill there, I, I'm just kind of curious to see what the operation looks like, how they would get them open without Tyree, because don't get me wrong, I love having them both, but I'd love to see kind of the uh, Mike McDaniel, put your arm around your back and let me see what you got type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I hope we don't have to ever, you know, worry about that, except maybe when Tyreek Hill rides off into the sunset to start his sports, uh, his video game company, right? But I did want to mention that three of seven targets in that Buffalo Bills game, they must have learned their lesson from earlier in the year because they definitely were bracketing uh, Jalen Waddle and keeping making things hard for the Dolphins to get those uh, big plays. But again, Jalen Waddle finds a way because you have to worry about Tyreek Hill. You have to worry about so many other weapons. But um, yeah, hopefully we never have to deal with uh, Mike McDaniel with his hand behind his back. But I think he'd still find a way to scheme uh, Jalen Waddle open and Jalen Waddle would still find a way to get open because again, he's just that good of a player. Salt of the earth, super athlete. Man, we got real lucky with Jalen Waddle. What an awesome guy to have on your team.
And as we wrap things up here on another Dolphins podcast, I first want to say thank you all so much for listening. If you haven't already, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. And if you have the time leaving a review on the podcast, iTunes, wherever it may be, helps others find the show quite a bit. So we'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review. But that is it. We have something very fun planned later in the week. We're going to be playing a board game. So please, please, please check that out. It might give you some tips about the Miami Dolphins this season. But that is it. That is all we have. Until next time, for another Dolphins podcast, fins up. Fins up.